Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years' experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is part two of my interview with Jervie Windham. And in this interview, we've involved some other people. They asked some questions. We had a small audience there. I think this is going to light your fire. Tell us about a couple of other missional communities that would be you know, not what we normally would think about. And then tell us about the newspaper office. I want to hear that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, we also have uh, um, one one day, uh, my wife was doing uh, a women's meeting in the coffee shop, actually, or the coffee. And there was a gentleman that was there and he was listening to um, the women just kind of talk and share. And uh, we had uh, our worship leader was there um, playing guitar. And so when I come in to pick up my wife, um, he waited, he wanted to you know, talk to her. And, you know, we started talking. Next thing I know, this gentleman's like, man, I have um, a group of people. He's a realtor and a very influential realtor here in the region. I have a group of people that um, they they want to have Bible study, you know, at my particular uh, real estate gathering that I have every Monday, you know, we'll do that. And so um, I came out and uh, did that. And so we call it Monday Church. Um, it's basically been a, an amazing opportunity. I'm speaking to life realtors and many of them um, own their own companies and, you know, they're just throughout the city. And so we're able to disciple them and pour into them. And uh, I can tell you, there's so many of them that are doing pioneering work um, outside of real estate. Uh, we've been doing that with them now probably over two years, close to three years. We've been doing that with them. And so it's been absolutely amazing, you know, seeing uh, these realtors, you know, meet early in the morning before, you, you know, before their meeting, seeing them just cry out to God and pour out their heart and just and just take a whole different approach um, to, to business. I mean, they see themselves now as local missionary. They go into people's homes, they pray, and, and many of them have other dreams, other things that they're doing. One um, person is actually building an orphanage um, overseas. I mean, they're very successful people, but something the Lord has done in hearts that's allowed to see um, their vocation and their domain as something that God has called, that, that now they're learning how to sent in their vocation and not just look at it as a job. You know, and um, you, you were talking about the newspaper here locally. I know when we first launch Resonate, um, we didn't pay for like newspaper ads and things like that because um, there was one um, lady, she was the editor of the newspaper. Um, she came to um, to join us in a particular um, thing that we did. Um, I, I'll just tell you. Um, we had, um, really quickly, there was a triple homicide that happened in the first place that we launched a mission. Um, this We were there just simply giving food to kids as they were coming off the bus, just being present in the community. And we got to know these kids. We got to know the family. And um, the boyfriend, the mom's boyfriend, um, got on drugs and ended up uh, shooting the three babies and shooting the mom in the head, but she survived. The owner of that apartment complex then gutted out one of the townhouses, remodeled it, and gave it to us to minister there in the community. So that became our first mission community. That was way before residence. Um, and so the newspaper editor found out about this, and she just 
just became like an advocate for us without us in asking. Um, she was putting articles in, doing so many things. We didn't have an office. We didn't have a building. We didn't have anything back then. They gave us key to the um, newspaper uh, office, gave us a desk in there. I mean, we had so many keys. We had keys there. Um, we uh, had keys to uh, a particular um, rehabilitation center. They gave us a room in there, a space in there. And so there was just numerous places around the city where people were just, uh, would just give us off space and uh, was office out of various places wherever we were around town. It was pretty cool. And it's still that way to this day. We have a lot of places that we drop in and drop out and work and check on people. It's just been just a blessing and a grace from God to have the friendship. You know, you, the word friendship is is the main word that comes to mind when I think about you. Uh, you you told about stopping by churches in, during the week when you got time praying with whoever is in the building. I mean, a lot of us, a lot of people who are pastors, turns out, for some reason, are introverts. I am. I I really don't know what to do. My wife makes conversation everywhere we go. Sometimes it's hard on me because I got to peel her away from, you know, we got to go someplace, leave this, stop talking to this person. Um, (laughs) My wife too. (laughs) But I I wish I was more like, and I wish I was more like you. And so uh, I I don't know how to even get into this. It's like, you know, Jervy, tell me the secret of making friends i i don't i don't know that we could sit here and do that but uh t- tell me some stories about i mean you you're putting yourself in the situation you just said these three little kids you were you were you were feeding kids as they're coming off a school bus what are the some of the things that you're doing to just make connection with people in the community we we just heard from a friend of mine um who is is getting into pickleball I, I I heard about he was going to a journaling class uh, that's run by, I don't know who, but it's not a Christian thing, but it's giving him an opportunity to share his journal. Um, he's a pastor. Uh, he's a male. It's mostly females. They're talking about loneliness and, and, and issues in their life. But so he's journaling about how Jesus is meeting those needs. He gets to share that journal. To me, that's that's brilliant. That's like, wow, that's something I could do. I As an introvert, I could go in there because I'm invited in there and invite, invited to talk. I could talk. So, so, but you're different. You, you, you go in and, and make friends wherever you go. Just tell us a couple stories about, you know, striking up friendships and, but, but how you positioned yourself to be where the people are. Um, I really, um, I can't really say that. Uh, I mean, I'm not, not an extrovert, really. That's my wife. Is that um, after days when I go home? I mean, I'm a jazz guy, coffee guy. Um, just kind of sit on the back porch, like to be alone, like to garden. You know, I'm like that quiet guy. But um, I have just had so much pain in my life, and I've gone through so much in my life that I see it. Like I see it, and I see it so clearly. I was a pastor that experienced burnt out. I had so much stuff happen um, with our second church plant, um, with the third church plan especially even more and I had so many scars and I never wanted to plant ever again I never wanted to pastor ever again scars 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 and so I am that's what I'm looking for like I'm literally every day just looking for hurting and just um I don't know what God wants me to do with them I don't I don't have the answer it's like like I look for them and like oh well, I have this thing it's like I just know Jesus. And if all I can do is just sit here with you and cry with you, I'm not the guy that's going to sit here and just like, oh, I got the perfect scripture for that. No, I'd been so hurt that I didn't want to hear a scripture when my mom passed away. Like, I know what that's like. But I remember having a friend, his name was Louis Bautry. And Louis Bautry, whenever I was at the lowest point of my life, I was considering taking my life at that time. I was at a very low point. He would call me and he would say, hey, man, put your phone on speaker. And he would say, you don't have 
have to talk. He said, I just don't want you to be alone. Wow. And so I just want to be with people. Like, I just want to be there for them. And I may not have the most brilliant answers or the most brilliant responses or the, the, the greatest comebacks when a person says this or that, but I authentically, I really want them to experience the love of God. I want them to experience what I experience every single day when I wake up and I know that God is with, I want them to know that the feeling that you could literally be in a storm and the storm not like I, that's what I'm looking for. So that's the reason it's not like I'm so comfortable doing it. It's just, I know people are hurting, you know, and I just can't make the excuse that that's not me or I'm not that type or whatever. I just know that people are hurting and I just don't, I don't even, sometimes I don't have anything to say. Sometimes I am the introvert and I just sit there with people and just drink coffee. But you know what? Some people are cool with that. Like they're cool. They don't really need you to say much. They're just thankful that you're there. So I don't really try to be outside of myself and, you know, be Mr. Talkative because sometimes I'm just not that person. You know, I'm dealing with my own stuff, but I will hang out with you. <laughs> Even if you're okay with me not saying anything sometimes and just being present, I just want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that, that there's uh that we're all in need of the same, the same thing. And you know, I just as, want to be present. As I hear you talk, I think a lot of us who are past and people who are introverted, we, we would know how, how to do what you're saying, how to just be with somebody or how to drink coffee or how to have a conversation. The problem is getting over that threshold where we have, have somehow found our way into circumstances outside of the little circle of our church. You know, one of, one mm -hmm. of the frustrations that I have pastors is when I hear them talking about um, equipping people for ministry. We, we get into mm -hmm. Ephesians 4, we get into Romans 12, we get into 1 Corinthians 12. And all we can think about is what happens inside, you know, and, and people will easily talk about, well, we got to get church out of the four walls of the church. But then what that means is we're, we're doing a, a, a youth softball team with church kids. And <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or we're doing a men's fellowship where we all, you know, drink beer and eat steak, but with church guys and maybe a yeah. few guys that they can bring to the church deal. Um, what, what I hear in you and what I see that is is productive in, in the people that I I knew um, as I was a pastor is, is how, how we get out of, of the, that little world into the world. You know, I was in the Philippines mm -hmm. and I met a girl who uh, had a horrible cleft palate and she was just, um, it, she had a tooth up in the roof of her mouth. Her her mouth was that misshapen. And so mm -hmm. my my friend and I, uh, you know, Americans, money goes real far in the Philippines. He needed a new pair of prescription glasses because his broke. He could get them made in one day and they were $10 where they were like $400 in the U.S. time. So we, we tried and tried to find somebody that could help this little girl in the Philippines and nobody nobody answered. So I came home and I got this big idea. We're going to go and raise money and bring this girl from the Philippines and, and we're going to get her taken care of. Um, probably $20,000. was a guy in the church who's a marketing director in a in a, 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 a office. I'm losing my mind here. Yeah, in a, um, a medical lab, testing lab. And he'd actually started the company and he sold it to somebody and they kept him on as a marketing director. He knew people in outside of the church in that industry what you're you're talking about is domain his vocation, uh, his mission. And so he began to talk to people about this. And we ended up, we actually, we had taken a couple offerings in the very beginning. We had, so we had some money. All that money went with that mom and her kid back to the Philippines. It was a pastor's daughter. And they, their, wow. their church, we tried to buy them a VCR at the time. This is how long ago it was. And they didn't have electricity in their village. They, they met in a church building that was made out of bamboo and palm leaf. And, um, and, and so, but, but it turned out 
out that uh, Continental Airlines, was before they merged with United, got wind of this. They said they'll fly them here for free, round trip. Wow. The hospital where we were going to do the surgery said they would offer the space for free after the doctors offered to do the, the, the medicine for free. Everybody along the, the whole way ended up doing this thing free. And it, it had a, it had a huge impact in the community as all these people came together around this. I, I think that, that, that this, you know, this was a, a thing, again, I wasn't really inserted. It was somebody in our church that was, and, and, and helping sponsor people into their vocation as missionaries is, is the, is the deal. But you're the, you're the guy who I know more than anybody who just inserts yourself into people's lives. How do you, how do I mean, you spot pain. What do you do? Um, wow. Um, yeah, I just, I just want to be present. I just, um, I just want to be present. And I just think that there's, there's, there's power in that and, uh, you know, slowing down, being present with God, being present with others. I think as we practice, um, you know, being present with God, we have to also practice being present with others, um, you know, as, as well, you know, as a part of that. So that within itself becomes a whole nother, um, you know, lesson, you know, in grace, you know, I really thought that the Lord was using me to disciple um, people. That that was the initial thinking, you know, because we talk about making disciples. But what I found is the Lord is really slick. I'm the one that's being discipled. I'm being discipled the whole time. That's what's happening. Something amazing is happening inside of me this whole time. And I'm thinking that I'm helping him do something and someone else. I'm not knocking that that's happening. I mean, that's probably happening. But something amazing is happening inside of me as I sit with people, as I pray with people, as I allow myself to just be present and not feel like the pressure of having to say, you know, the big pastoral thing, but just loving people and just being present and just inviting, you know, the presence of the Lord into the space to just do whatever God wants to do and just just being there and being available. I just find that the Lord is really um, teaching me how to enjoy him how to enjoy his presence and how to enjoy being present with others. Cause now I literally enjoy it. That's good. That's really good. I, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to do this. And um, we're, we're going to, we're going to open up for questions and just let people, uh, you know, the other guys here. I guess two things. Uh, my last trip, I just came from for work this past week. A lot of adults act like high school kids, you know, five o'clock it's, Hey, let's go drinking. Uh, you're talking about, you know, just being open and available. Uh, I'm more like that. I'm just, I'm not a big, crowd person you know just being open for whatever may pop up and i got a bite to eat outside the hotel now when i was coming back a co-worker was outside having a cigarette and we had talked last year a little bit off record you know she's a complete atheist and everything but work friend and one night that kind of clashed so we stopped talking anyway so she goes daniel and she came up and we we're talking and uh she just sitting there crying so her cigarette having a drink and she goes i'm flying home tonight it's supposed to go all week you know and i said what happened well she had drank too much the night before with everybody uh made a fool out of herself but she it's kind of caught in that cycle. Like um, she was clean for three months, dog died, you know, goes back to drinking. And then they feel guilty for going back to the vice that they hate. And then when they get guilty, it's like they do it more, you know, and she's just in that. And she's sitting there. I mean, she knows I'm a Christian. She's not. She's sitting there like crying, pouring her heart out to me. Like, and, just, and she's like, I'm so tired of this. I'm so tired of living this life. Like, what is the point? And uh, she's been doing this since I was 12. I'm 40 years old now. I was like, well, what happened at 12? And she was raped. Um, and then she had a dad that literally abused the crap out of her. So she's just pouring all this out. And she had a catch the cab to go back to the airport. <laughs> I gave her a hug. <laughs> I said, I'll stay in touch with you. You know, and it's like. 
So she didn't come to Christ that night. But, you know, it's those moments that aren't on the calendar for the day. You know, 6.30, walk across the street, meet coworker. You know, that wasn't on the calendar. And it just, but to me, it's like almost the whole trip was, if anything, it was, it was for that one hour chat with her outside. And we'll see what will come of it, you know. Um, so that's right about being present. That, that's what I love about just being open to what God may be doing in a given day and being willing. Um, so, Jervy, kind of respond to Daniel a bit. Um, I was, you know, I always think um, that God is already up to something. You know, Jesus is working. Yeah. You know, it's, it's his church. Like he is, he's moving. We don't always see what he's doing um, because we're, we're very busy. Right. So here's, the, here's how I think about it. Just imagine if um, like, there's a lot of noise happening all around us. We know that God is powerful. We know that the Lord can thunder his voice over the noise. And so oftentimes we want God to invade our lives in such a way that he makes it absolutely clear that it's him. God, thunder your voice over the noise. But it's the Lord, I believe, and I'm just saying to about me, that oftentimes says, Jervy, I will not speak over the noise. I can, but I will not. You need to turn the noise down. Does that make sense? So I then have to turn the noise down so that I can hear him. God's already doing something in our cities. And so joining him in what he's doing, that's the key. And, and, and sometimes things like if you look at, you know, Catholics, if you look at all of these things, Jehovah's Witness, whatever, that can be a distraction. It, it really could be because God could be doing something in your city right now that is so foundational. That's that's something that's um, that, that's something that we're not necessarily looking at. Right. And so I, I need to, to quiet down so that I can pay attention to what he wants me to focus on and not so much be distracted by behavior around me. Derby, I'm in Arusha, Tanzania. I just love what you're saying because I, I put so much pressure on myself to, um, to, to say the right thing. And, you know, when I do cold, cold call evangelism, people always think I'm trying to pick them up or just <laughs> It just doesn't work, and and I just I just love what you just the the presence. When I wrote it down, um, just turn up, be present, let God, let people, yeah. and that's just what to me. You know, just that it is joining God in what He's and that the ability to be able to just yeah relax into what He's doing and, and trust that there's more than words happening in the moment for the person. So so thank you, I really. Wow, Tanzania! I've never been, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's. I, think, I I I I just believe that all around us, God is doing things. Like he's he's busy, he's moving, and I believe that behavior is the biggest distractor. And I think oftentimes we get distracted by behavior, even in our own homes with our children. If you have one kid that behaves right. And you have another kid, let's say that misbehave, you know, you could really pay more attention to the kid that's misbehaving than the kid that is behaving because your eyes are on behavior. But if you slow down, allow yourself to be present with both of them, you may find that at the heart, like what is really going on with them could be very different than how they're behaving. You know, so slowing down and being present and just uh, not allowing ourselves to be distracted just by the things that we that we see or how we feel about the things that we see, because oftentimes the Lord is um, is doing things that are unseen. And so as we slow down, allow ourselves to be present, I think we can enter into kind of a great their spiritual awareness of what is really happening than just being distracted by what we think or what we see. I've had the chance and I don't try to force it or inject it. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmore.net.